What's going on, y'all? So today's guest is a professional bull rider. And man, I learned a lot about bull riding. So it's uh, it was an awesome conversation that he had. You know, he was actually on his way to Arlington, Oregon for a rodeo. So he's going to be riding uh, this weekend. So we wish him good luck. And if you want to follow him and um, just wish him well, you can go to rodeo, R-O-D-E-O underscore gooch. G-O-O-C-H. So here he is, Kagan Gooch. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith. It's my work ethic. It's my drive. It's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. I just get to pick and choose what I want to hear about and talk to people about. What you made know? you want to hear about bull riding? I've always been interested in it. You know, um, I live in Delaware, so the closest thing to bull riding that I've seen is uh, a place called Cowtown in uh, uh, New Jersey. Okay. So I've been to a rodeo there a couple times. And, um, you know, of course you see it on TV and stuff like that, like the PBR yeah. and that stuff. And i just always curious to, like, what makes someone want to do that? Just growing up around it? Uh, honestly, um, I'm an adrenaline junkie, right? right? I love my heart beating. I, and there's nothing more than just getting on a one-ton animal and trying to ride the hell out of it. What a kind? drug, you know, it's one of those things that you do. You either say, hell no, fuck that shit, or you, mm. I want it. Exactly, man. Because you can't go in half-ass, you know, because then you're, if, you're, if your mind's not right, you can get really hurt. Yeah, it's bull riding is one of those sports that you either got to be all the way into it or not in it at all. It's a stupid ass hobby, but it's an mm. amazing career. Yeah. Because, 100%. you know, if you go in there half ass, that bull's not going in there half ass. And, right. you know, bull riding's, in my opinion, the uh, toughest sport on dirt, you know? Oh, the moment you hit the ground, you got them bulls don't like you, and they want to hook right. you, they want to throw you. They could flip cars over. Just imagine what they can do to you. Hey, yo, let's take a break for a second. I'm here to talk about the no cow bars at stnutrition.com. My business, Strong Tower Nutrition, is selling no no cow protein bars, and they're called no cow because they have no way in them. So they're vegan uh, protein bars, which I know, perfect to talk about this on a podcast with a bull rider, you know what I mean? But they're delicious. I eat them after my workout, before my workout. If I need a quick something on the go, if I don't want a protein shake, I just grab a no-cow bar. They come in delicious flavors like blueberry cobbler and uh, mint cacao chip. And again, they're great. They're plant protein, 22 grams of protein, one gram of sugar, dairy-free, no cow, no bull, no way. stnutrition.com. Check them out. So kind of explain to people that don't understand, like, why is the bull so mad? Like, what do they do that makes them want to get you off of them? So it's not really, the bull's not really that mad. Yeah, you get ones that, you know, they don't, that have attitude. I mean, it's a wild animal, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're bred to buck, right? They don't get mistreated or anything like that. They don't get, you know, a rope tied around their nuts. It's all they have is my bull rope tied right behind their front legs. And they have a flank rope, which all it is is pressure around their hips to make them think they can kick it off. 
that's what that's why you uh, see the ropes on the end. It's not tied around nothing. It's just mm. literally loosely knotted right around it. That way the bull thinks he can kick it off. That's what makes him kick so high and everything. And then you get up to the high levels, like I'm in the PRCA, the Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association. Mm-hmm. And that's Pro Rodeo, the longest, uh, the longest running rodeo series for in history so far. And PBR is strictly bull riding. Mm. You know, you get up there, them bulls know their job. Like, they're bred to buck. And they know once they're in the chute, you know, it's time to go at it. And you get some that, I don't know what it is. It's just, they're they going to chase you. You get bulls that are, they don't really care. And then you get bulls that, you know, when they get done, they'll just stop and walk back into the chute. Or you'll get bulls that want to kill you. Man. I, I mean, all every person's different. Same thing with a wild animal. Yeah, and that was that's news to me too because I always thought you tied it around the testicles and that's what made them. Did they used right. to do that's that or also, something? That's also what's like people spreading that rumor and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what's going to get rodeo shut down. Right, you know, because yeah. no one really actually that cares about rodeo. No one's everyone can tell you what a rodeo does, but all the ones that just see it and you know are like them. uh I can't re- remember any associations or anything like that, but them people that uh, are against animal abuse and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, they think rodeos um, animal abuse when it's really not. Like those bulls get treated like kings, and those horses get treated like kings. Mm-hmm. They get treated better than we do, and all all they do is get buck rate seconds. And that was going to be one of my other questions to you: was um, like, do you ever have those kind of people come at the rodeos and try and like shut get it shut down? Because of that, yeah, because we, we had people trying to come shut down even practice fans, man. And all it is is a bunch of cowboys behind a chute trying to get on a bull, and that bull is going to do way more damage to us than we would ever do to it. Right. So they should really be trying to save you guys. I mean, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I think it's just ignorance. I think it's just that they don't know enough about it. So they, they, yeah. So they think like, oh, these people are riding these animals, you know what I mean, and they're hurting them, and and like you said, like they're treated like kings, right? Like these bulls, they uh, I'm sponsored by um, I can't my accent, I can't pronounce the word right, (laughs) but um, it's she's a she's a elect, it's like electric therapy for horses and stuff, okay, and bulls and canines, and they get all of that. Like they get massaged at least the the uh, really high plus bulls, like the uh, really good paying stock contractors that go to the PRCA and the ICA and the PBR and stuff like that. They put in millions of dollars into these bulls, like not just for buying them and breeding them, mm-hmm. but just taking care of them. Man. Like most of these bulls get, they get checked by vets, you know, monthly. They get. Uh, physical therapists to come in all the time to do the electrotherapy through them and everything like that. So what's been the worst damage you've taken so far? Um, so, well, the worst damage I would say is my wrist. I, I had, uh, I got anchors and screws in there still. They had to remove bone from my wrist and my knee to re- re- completely remake another bone in my wrist. And I can't, like, you know, you can bend it back. I can't. That's as far as I go. 
and that's as far as I go forward. And it's just, you know, I pretty much just got a fist on a stick. So, broke, so since that happened, you have to switch your lead hand, the one that you hold under. No, you still use that one. I use my. I've always ride with my left hand. Your left, okay. This one actually got broken when uh, the bull bucked inside the chute, and he kind of threw me towards the chute, mm. and my head was going towards the corner, and I kind of picked my hand up and put it put it in front of it so I could smash my hand rather than my head, and it snapped my wrist in half. Dang. But there's many of other injuries from that one. Like, I broke this hand a total of probably four times, just in different areas. This one, probably about three times. I got cracks in my hips. My hips are permanently uh, dislocated, you know. I can't – they don't lock back in place. I've chipped off the bones where they don't lock in. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't really understand how to explain it. Right, right. And – um. Broken like six ribs, fractured three of them. Uh, I have 14, like 10 concussions and three major ones. Um, got my, got a tooth knocked out, been kicked in the face, been horn straight to the face. Mm. Uh, it's not when you get hurt and bull riding, it's how bad. Yeah. You know? Man, cause cause also it's not a long um like what's the longest you've seen a bull rider like stay in? Like career wise, like career wise, yeah. So normally, you know, you can look at like JB Mooney, who's on his 14th year right now. Oh wow! And most careers go about in between the six to nine, in my opinion. You know, you get. You get people that go 10, 10 years, 15 years. You get people that go three years. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it all varies. It all depends on how much your heart is into it, I guess. But normally around the six to nine year mark. Man. And so, so what you do, is it counted as professional? Yes, sir. Okay. So how do you become a, a professional in bull riding? You so I'm probably the first uh, professional athlete you'll meet that's probably still goes to work every day and and everything like that because rodeo is a pay to play sport. Mm-hmm. You gotta every time I show up to a rodeo, I pay to ride their bull. Right, and if I don't ride eight, I leave home empty handed. You know, mm. I don't just you know I have to pay everything until you get good enough to where people will start sponsoring. And I'm just now starting to get sponsors. Like the, this rodeo is the first rodeo I haven't paid for. My sponsor paid for. And um, all you got to do is you got to. First thing you got to do, if you want to get in bull riding and you want to go pro, you got to ride 100 bulls. It's just because 100 bulls, it takes, it takes 100 bulls to find your seat, you know, for you to actually start realizing what's happening in front of you. Because most, most of the time in the beginning of your career, you'll get on a bull and someone will go to tell you about it. You won't remember anything from it. It's just that fast. It's that much. Your brain can't, you don't really think about what you're doing. You do all the practice on, on barrels and everything to get it muscle memory, get it in your head. Like, all right, when I feel this, I'm going to go this way. And it's all muscle reaction is all it is. And you just got to keep riding bulls and keep going to rodeos and do a lot of open events, you know, go over uh, Montana has, the brass rodeo that's about it's a five month event, ain't it? It's until uh 
It's May to September. Yeah, it's May to September. It's a pretty long event, mm. and you just keep going to rodeos, and you keep riding bulls, and you just get that seat time. And then eventually you'll start winning, and you'll see it, and then you just got to keep riding more and keep going more until you uh, start getting good enough and you buy your pro card into an association. And you keep riding their rodeos and keep riding their rodeos. And the more you ride and the more you win, the higher you'll get. And the more sponsors you'll have look at you and the easier it will be for you to keep moving forward in it. There'll be less money out of your pocket than it would in the beginning. Right. So a lot of you bull riders, is there like a camaraderie with you guys? Like since y'all take beatings and stuff, do y'all like get along or is it really like competitive? You know, in bull riding, I've never seen anyone get mad at each other, get pissed off at each other. It's normally the shoot balls get mad at you because you're not getting on your bull fast enough. But in bull riding, it's the, in my opinion, it's there's it's the most honest sport there is because there you can't fake riding the bull, mm-hmm. you can't fake riding the horse. It's you, and if you're in barrel racing, it's you and that horse making your time. And bull riding is you and that bull making making your score. It's not, you know, my score versus his score. It's all has to do on me. It's not a team effort thing. It's you're there to ride your bull. And everyone in the rodeo atmosphere, in my opinion, is really friendly. You know, you get there, you can talk to anyone. Everyone offers their stuff to you if you're new. Everyone's always down to give you advice when you want, when you uh, are getting nervous or stuff like that. And, you, you know, it's a very open atmosphere and a very friendly one, too. Yeah, so what what is your goal? What are you trying to get to now? Now, my goal is to be a world champ like any bull rider. Okay. But my personal goal is I just – my personal goal is I want to be remembered as a cowboy, not a bull rider. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that and try to go as far as I can with it. I want to ride all the biggest, baddest bulls. I want to be the one where, like, oh, you like bull riding? Do you know Cake and Gooch? And, you know, Rodeo Gooch and stuff like that. I want mm-hmm. people to mention my name. So what, what – I don't – because I'm I'm from, you know, north. So what's the difference between a bull rider and a cowboy? A bull rider just rides bulls. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. A cowboy is more of a lifestyle. It's more of an attitude. It's more of a – who you are versus what you do. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. – my dream is, you know, my end of the gold dream isn't to be PBR world champion five times over. Mm-hmm. My end of the gold dream is to have my own ranch, having my own bulls, doing my own bull riding school, and living my life like that every day once I get done with my bull riding career. It's it's who you are versus not what you do. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. No, I love that, man. Um, What would you, like, so say you had kids, right? Um. Would you want them to do bull riding? If I had a son and he wanted to, or daughter, in mm. all honesty, I see some badass females get on some bulls. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I wouldn't force it on my son because bull right. riding is a damn dangerous sport. And I also wouldn't take it away from him because it's a dangerous sport, you know? Yeah. If, in my opinion, I would introduce him to it. And if he likes it, he likes it. You know, it's a drug. He's either going to get on and be like, fuck that, or he's going to get on and be like, daddy, get me another one. Right. I, and I'm just going to introduce him to the atmosphere because that's what I love and that's what I grew up with. And Yeah, I mean, exactly. 
You know, I mean, I only ask that because you see all these guys talk about now like football and stuff like, oh, I'm never going to let my kid play football, you know, because yeah. of con- concussions. But bull riding, you're going to get more than just concussion, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But um, are there any guys that are they're not necessarily adrenaline junkies, but they're get they get scared every single time? Yes. <laughs> One of my good friends, actually, you know. He, he, he's a cowboy and he wants to get on bulls. It's just, he's not an adrenaline junkie like I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get those people that will get shaky and they just seen someone get messed up and it'll just get in their head. It's very easy to get in your head in bull riding. You know, if you already lost, you're going to lose because the way bulls work, I can't remember the way, uh, full names, but you know how we have four levels of communication, the alpha, omega, uh, delta, and some other one. Yeah. But, the way bulls work, they they speak telepathically. You know, they mm-hmm. they're on the alpha omega, and that bull can feel a fly land on his back. He can also feel everything you're feeling. He can read your emotions. That's how they uh, communicate through each other through the alpha and omega. They telepathically put images in their head. You know, it's just a way to explain it. Put image in their head to let he, let you know what they're thinking, right? Yeah. So if you get into your head and you're already picturing this bull stumping you out, he's seeing that. He already knows what you're thinking. And if you're losing, he's already going to win. Mm. You just have to go in there with a winner's attitude and a badass attitude. Be like, I'm a bad motherfucker and I'm here to ride this bull. Can't get on there and be like, oh shit, he's about to stump me. Then he's going to stump you. So how long does that uh, eight seconds or even less. How does how long does that actually feel in real time? It's the you know, in all honesty, it sounds you know cliche, but it's the longest eight seconds of your life. You know, that's the what my guess would be. Yeah, you're just trying to react and not trying to think, and you're listening for that buzz, and you're like, "Gosh, damn! How many more turns is he going to get before I hear it?" And it's just it drags out. The best thing you can do is just. What I do is I sometimes ride the bulls. I sometimes ride the bull for 14 seconds. You know, I just mm. ride the motherfucker till I start coming off. Right. No, my motto is I'd rather get stay on and get hung up than get thrown off too early. Mm-hmm. Man. What exactly what exactly is going through your head? Like break down like certain thoughts that you have. Like when you're sitting in the shoot about to go out, you know what I mean? Like what are you thinking of? Are you thinking of like um like are you angry? Are you like I'm going to tear this thing up or are you at peace like in some meditative state or something? I'm at, I guess you could say I'm at peace cuz the happiest I'm ever you'll ever see me is when I'm standing behind a shoot waiting on my bull. That's the happiest you ever see me. You can see it on my face, you can see it in my eyes. And the moment I get over, you know, the moment I see my bull and he's all right, cowboys, you're up. I have like a little, uh, if you listen to Lane Frost, one of the greatest bull riders in the world and everything like that, he um, he teaches you to, you know, to be calm. And, you know, some people have different ways to attack it. In my opinion, I'd rather be calm. And right when I open up that chute, I get aggressive. Mm. I'm at peace. I'm happy. I'm, I'm in love with what I'm doing. And I'm enjoying it as I'm eating on my rope and tying my hand in. You know, I'm talking to my bull. I talk to my bull all the time. You know, people, some, some people think I'm stupid or crazy, but I'll talk to my animal right before I get on. I'm like, man, you're going to make a badass ride, Bubba. And the next thing you know, I'm out there riding them for eight seconds. 
But it's like the moment I get over there, I take a deep breath and I tell myself I put on those blindfolds, you know, nothing matters besides me and this bull. And then I tell myself to live in a moment, you know, I'm here. This is what I love to do. I might as well make this the badass moment to tell people about. And then I wrap my hand around. I do my little suicide wrap, get in and I take that deep breath again. I'm like, all right, I'm about to ride this motherfucker. And I scoot up on my rope and I nod. Man, that sounds good. You make it sound like it's something easy. You know, <laughs> it's, it's bull rider is 90% mental, 10% physical. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all the moves you're making, everything you're doing, all of that is, is muscle reaction. And that's where all the drilling at home comes from. You know, getting on the, the uh, bucking barrel, getting your hips down, practicing rotation of your hips and setting them, and getting on the standing barrel and practicing your moves and getting it in your head. The day of the rodeo should be the funnest thing ever. You know, you're living your dream. You're riding your bulls. And I just do my best to stay in the moment and keep living forward. And it just, it kind of helps out that way. If you act like the hell you know what you're doing and you act like it's easy to you, it's going to come easy. Now, in bull riding, is um, it's like your nutrition or fitness or uh, anything of that nature kind of important to it? Do guys like train for it? Do they work out and eat right and stuff like that? Well, in my opinion, you know, I, I work out to stay fit. Yeah. I, you know, I want to be healthy. I'm already, I'm already going to be broken to shit because of this sport. So I might as well fix the errors where I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to be too big. You don't want to get really big arms and what whatnot because no matter how strong you get you're not going to out muscle a bull right yeah what you you know you're not if you're fighting against a bull you're already losing mm. bull riding is a dance you know he makes a move and you follow that song gun and you want to be in perfect rhythm with him and most of the time you know being toned and you know cut and limber and be, main thing is flexibility and balance i practice my balance throughout the entire day you know i'll just I'll get on anything narrow and stuff to walk and just because the way you do it, your hips, the way your hips move when you catch your balance, it's the same way your hips move on a bull. And it's just all that throughout the day practice that helps a lot. And you'll get people like J.B. Mooney. I use his tactic a lot. He stands on a medicine ball with the spurs and everything. He just, you know, moves himself and makes them where he has to set his hips and twist his hips and move them like that to gain that practice gain that mo- mobility in your hips to be able to set them when you need to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, like if you get someone, you get those people that like to work out and everything like, you know, mm-hmm. the more, the bigger I am, the tighter my grip is, you know, if you're in perfect will on that bull, you don't even need to clench that hard. Right. And exactly. I mean, in a hundred percent, what you said, like if you're fighting against the bull, you're going to lose that every single time. Cause what are they like 1600 pounds or something? You, in my level, you'll ride bulls anywhere from 1500 because you know, you get some that are small, but they're wiry as hell mm-hmm. and you get them really big, powerful ones. Like the biggest bull I rode was 2300 pounds. It was mm-hmm. so big. I couldn't even get my feet down the sides of them. I had my feet on his shoulders in the chute. And as soon as they opened up the gate and he moved, I tried to, get my feet back in and get my spurs in, but I just couldn't. He, he blew out of there and sent me right over the top of him. Dang. But normally they're in between you. You'll get them anywhere between 2,200 pounds and 1,500 pounds, but the majority of your bulls will be 16 to 19. 
normally. Okay. How, how, how long does a bull usually last in like the whole, um, rodeo scene? How long, like how many times do they use them? So normally when they start bucking and you know, you try to find out what your bull has, you'll start bucking them at two years old, hmm. you know, cause that's when they're starting to figure out, you know, their bucking style. And that's when they'll develop the pattern. If you keep practicing, putting them in pens, just putting a bucking machine on them. Let them have outs and let them go forward and get the pattern set. So it normally starts about two years old, and then it goes to probably around. I've never seen any bull in there older than six years old. I've I've never been on a bull older than six. You know, I've, I'm not a stock contractor. That's more of a stock contractor's question. But mm-hmm. just for my common knowledge, I would say like two to seven, because two years old is when they start bucking them, and. I've never been on a bull older than six, really. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because, you know, they can only last for so long, you mm-hmm. know. Um, if by that time, you know if your bull's good or not. And right. you'll either become a pasture baby and you breed them or you just sell them. So who do, is there like a person in your life that's really like uh, guided you through this whole thing since day one? Or have you had anyone that you look up to or anything like that? No, not really. Um, Just yourself. I come from I come from a pretty messed up family background, oh. and yeah, it is what it is. And uh, bull riding is actually is what I think saved my life and got me forward and it and made made me to where not have the same mistakes that my past family have. Like I got multiple brothers in prison, and I don't know my dad or my and my mom's was in out of prison my whole life. Mm. And I feel like rodeo really saved me from that path that my family took. And uh, now, if I was to say anyone that's really had, you know, motivated me and taught me stuff and, you know, helped me out in my bull riding career, I would probably have to say Jim Bob Custer. He, uh, when I first joined the military, moved up here, up in Washington, and I found this uh, open bull riding event and everything. And as soon as I went out there, you know, he offered me to come out to practice pens and stuff like that. And he's been coaching me a lot. And his brother's actually a world champion bull rider, uh, Cody Custer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Jim Bob's been to the NFR multiple times for bareback and bull riding. And, uh, yeah, I have to say him. If I was to say anyone. And like just motivation wise, I have to say my riding partners, you know, yeah. they love it just as much as you do. And they just want, you know, y'all help each other follow the dream. Yeah, definitely. So going back, what, what, um, took you into the military? What made you join the military? Was it like, a you always thought something you always thought about? Uh, it's something I always thought about, you know, um, I've always wanted to, you know, at least serve my country once you know i military's a lifestyle and i figured if i like it i'll stay in if i don't i'll go figure something else but i at least got to do it once but what made me take the jump so early at 17 is me and my sister took care of my little brother and sister growing up and you know work got real slow i was building houses and whatnot and um work got extremely slow in the winter and i was too young to go on shutdowns which is you know you go away for a couple months work at a power plant and it's normally welding or stuff like that. But um, I was too young to go. You had to have been 18. I was 17. And I needed to help with the income for my little brother and sister and to help support my family. So I went ahead and joined the military and just sent money home every time I got paid. 
Oh man, so it was just like you know, family motivated, you know, because you know you knew you had to step up. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Appreciate it. And then, and then, so you just recently, what month in uh, twenty twenty did you get out? I got out in March twenty twenty. In March, okay, okay. So right at the beginning of COVID and everything. Yeah, uh, my first year in the PRCA was actually last year. And I was hoping to be able to uh, move forward big and be able to um, fill in my permit and the card and everything. But it just COVID happened and everything got shut down. There was no rodeos. And if they were, they were pretty much open rodeos. And if it was a PRCA rodeo, it was already a thousand miles away. And I just didn't have the money to drive a thousand miles to chance it, you know? Yeah. What are they doing in different states for um, like the rodeo situation with like wearing the mask and all that kind of stuff? Um, most of the rodeos I've been to, no one's had to wear a mask, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we're just a bunch of old cowboys and country folk, you know, no one wants to wear that shit and <laughs> yeah. no one's going to make you wear that shit. <laughs> well, that's all I was saying. Like, I know down South, you're like, you don't, they won't care, but now you're going, you're out West where they're, they're right. a little bit more, you know, stingy so, about yeah, that stuff. Just, in all honesty, um, out here on the West coast and everything. It's really the big cities that uh, make you wear the mask and all that. Montana, I've never, never had to wear a mask in Montana. Oh, right. Washington, yeah. just, you know, you in Seattle and uh, Tacoma and Olympia and stuff like that, You they, they enforce that shit hard for some reason. But you go a little bit further south into the country, down to Chehalis and Centralia, no one really forces you to wear it. Right. And, you know, they say, you know, you'll have people, like, have signs out because, you know, some people are rude as hell. You know, and they'll just, the only way you're going to get made to wear a mask is if the person will lose their job, if not, you know. Right, yeah. But every rodeo I've been to this year, never had to wear a mask. That's good. Never. Because that no would be weird. Never had to wear a mask on entry or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, so talk about, uh, this, like, um, rodeo coming up. Is there anything, you're, a- anything you're nervous about? I just want to win, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving forward. Uh, I've been riding really good this year, and that I went to a bull riding school at the at the uh, early beginning of this year, over to Gary Lee Fuse Bull Riding School in uh, Norco, California, and that itself gave me a lot of confidence because the very next rodeo I I rode in, I placed second, and then the next rodeo after that, I won it, and the next rodeo after that, I placed again, and the next rodeo after that, I won. And I'm just trying to keep on the streak and keep riding as many roadies as I can. I'm not trying to really get in my head and, you know, saying they're all, there's going to be a bunch of bull riders there. You know, are they going to be better than me? I'm just going to walk in there with the attitude like I'm on fire and I'm going to ride the fuck out of my bull. Yeah, exactly. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you have to do so you don't have to do that concrete job anymore so you can just ride bulls full time? Uh, so... I got to start winning a lot of PRCA rodeos, you know, that's the only way I'm going to gain sponsors. Look at me. That's the only way I'm going to get those big sums and be able to be like, all right, I just won three rodeos in a row. And now I got $45,000 in my bank. Mm -hmm. And I just need to make those really big wins, not these small wins, you know, which I'm really proud of these small wins. It's a big step going forward and everything. And it's good confidence boosters. You got to step up and start riding big bulls, big rodeos. 
Yeah, I think that's all you can do, you know, is those little wins can lead to those big ones. Exactly. You know I mean? And like the more s- big ones you win, the more sponsors will look at you. Yeah. And the more you don't have to pay for for rodeo. Right, exactly. I mean, it's like I, uh, I'm i the strength and conditioning coach for a mixed martial arts fighter. And it's the same. Right. it's the same thing in fighting. You know what I mean? Like she has a yeah. full-time job, but then she's also training for all these different, you know, uh, situations different. and stuff like that. You know, it's the same exact thing, which is funny. It's just like people are doing this when they're de- playing, when they're doing sports that are putting their bodies on the line. But yeah. yet in other sports where it's not so hurtful to your body, they're making millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, rodeo is not a contract. You know, if I break my leg and don't ride bulls, I'm not making money. I have to either suck it up and be a cowboy and be like, all right, I'm going to ride bulls with a broken leg. Which, you know, like when I, just an example, you know, when I had surgery on my wrist, seven days after surgery, I won another rodeo. Man. I had surgery, took those seven days to recover, and then went to a rodeo. Rode that some gun with a cast on, rode them for eight seconds, hopped off, and took my money. <laughs> so they even let you do that? Yeah. If you cowboy enough, they say get on that damn bull. Wow. No one's going to stop you from getting on it. I mean, now if you have two casts on your leg and you got a cast on your arm, we're yeah, going to right. stop being stupid. Yeah. Is, but, there, is there like a yeah. – uh, do they test for anything? Like you have to be in a certain physical shape or you got to – if you're taking drugs or doing drugs or something like that? Um, so, like, in the big levels and everything like that, they don't really do that because rodeo is such a variety sport. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got people coming in from everywhere. The only way to do that is if you drug test everyone at every single rodeo they show up to. And no one's really going to do that. But the higher you get, the more sponsors you get, and the more your sponsors keep you in line. You know what I mean? Right. So, so you might have to drug test for your sponsors and everything because they don't want you doing this or doing that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But as like rodeo itself, you know, like I'm living in Washington. I'm about to go ride a rodeo in Oregon the next weekend. I'm going to go ride in Washington. The weekend after that, I'm going to go ride in Montana. And then probably in a couple of months, I'm going to go down to Texas and ride there. Hmm. And it's just you got so many people coming from so different, so many different areas. And the only way to do that is if you piss test at every rodeo piss test is their contestants before they ride. Okay, yeah. That's the only way that could really work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there, like, a certain state that has, like, the best bull riders? Um. Well, you got Jess Lockwood, who's the youngest PBR world champion in history and is a two-time PBR world champion, and he's from Montana. Then you also have uh, J.B. Mooney, who's a two-time PBR world champion, and, you know, rode 15 of the rankest bulls ever in history and he uh lives in south carolina and then you got people all the way um jose victor lime who's from brazil it's just it's kind of like you know singers you know you get Mm -hmm. this singer from this area then you have this singer from that area it's just there's no really pinpoint like, you know, Alabama has some of the best football players there is, you know, right. in college. And, you know, um, Northern Dame has some of the best wrestlers there is, mm-hmm. you know. It's just there's nowhere to pinpoint it because 
rodeo is just such a variety sport. It's everywhere. Yeah, I really like that too. I thought I would think like, and I'm sure other people that don't know the sport probably think Texas has the most, you know, bull riders. Because when you think of that kind of stuff, you think Texas, you know. Right. You think of Texas and you think of like Oklahoma and yeah, pretty much. Most people just think Texas because I don't know, it's Texas. <laughs> yeah, because you mean, think of bull riding and football when you think of Texas, you know what I mean? Yeah. You think of rodeo, you think of cowboys and football. Rodeo, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You know, when you think of Virginia and Mississippi, you just think of hillbillies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like you, uh, like you said, that one dude from South Carolina. I would have never thought that. Yeah, JB Millions, you know, he gets told that, uh, you know, it's, it's been told that he's the best bull rider of all time, and he's wow. from South Carolina, and Jess Lockwood's from Montana and stuff like that. Derek Obaba, who's a really good bull rider, he's from uh, Washington, and like me. Hopefully, I'm in that list later on in life, and I'm from Mississippi. There you go. So is JB Mooney? Because you talk about him a lot. Is he? Is he? Um, is he kind of like a he's, cowboy? Like he's not just a bull rider. Like he's is he a cowboy? Yeah, he's the one who I put my mentality after in bull riding. You know, he's the one I look up to a lot. And um, you know, I watch his videos all the time. I try to study the way he rides, and I try to mimic it. And you know, if you want to be the best, you got to ride like the best. And in my opinion, J.B. Mooney's the fucking best. Right, there you go. I got to go look him up. I got to check him out. Yeah, look him up. Uh, look up J.B. Mooney versus Bushwhacker. Bushwhacker, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that bull has the, uh, he's the only one to ride him after 43 outs. And that was the longest a bull's ever been without being ridden. He has the longest streak. And J.B. Mooney tried six times before he rode him the seventh time. Oh, wait, it was 13 times. 13 times. 13 times. He got on him 13 times and rode him the 13th. That's wild. And J.B. Mooney's rode a lot of uh, really ranked-ass bulls, like world champion bulls. Because not only does the bull riders at the end of, at the PBR, you know, get a world champion, the bull itself also, you know, becomes a world champion. You know, they – Mark the bulls the same way they mark you. 50% of your score is for the bull, and the other 50% is for you, and that's where your score comes from. So, like, J.B. Mooney's rode a lot of world champion bulls. He rode Asteroid. He rode Bushwhacker. He rode, uh, what was that other one, Bones? Yep. He rode Airtime. He rode Pearl Harbor. He rode, uh, yeah, shit ton of bulls. I, you know, I, on the spot, it's kind of hard to think of all the names. No, it's all good because I have no idea what those bulls even look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what's right. what's the bull out there now that's like the top one that you can think of? The bull's out right now. So, oh, I just watched him. Uh, yeah, oh, what's his name? Um, he's the gray and black bull. No, he is smooth operator. Smooth operator. Smooth operator is one of the best bulls out there right now. Mm. Yeah, smooth operator and uh, Pearl Harbor. No, Pearl Harbor dead. Wait, what? Yeah, Pearl Harbor died. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's that one bull? Look him up. Um, 
he's looking up the other bull, but it it has to be. Uh, I also have short term memory loss, so I forget names like. Hey, quick. It's all good. But what Appreciate is it. what what is um what what makes Smooth Operator the best bull? He's just harder to ride. It's just his pattern. It's the uh, so the way he bucks, he gets a lot of ass over his head, and he's just fast when he spins. Right and now, it's right now on the PBR is so uh, Wupa. Wupa? Yeah, number one. Right now, uh, the, he just looked it up. The number one bull right now is Wupa. Wupa. Yeah. I personally don't know him because I haven't really, this year, haven't really followed the PBR. I've been following the PRCA more. Mm-hmm. And uh, because that's the circuit I'm riding in. Oh, yeah. But, um. That's what I was thinking about is Chisel. Chisel is one of the best bulls out there just for the simple fact of how much he can get his ass over his head and how fast he spins. So does that, um. So does that make it harder than size? So does size like really matter so much? Kind of, but also kind of not, you know, because bulls, they're all different. You know, every bull is going to be different. And you'll get really big bulls that are just extremely powerful and they do a lot of ass overhead, but their spins really, it's all about timing because how powerful they are. And then you'll get bulls that are really big, but they're just fucking quick and they just spin like hell. And it's just, a, it's really hard to put pinpoint it down to like the difference in them. You know, they're all different. And the way you, we just, the way we just um, break them down, you, you know, you have your flat spinners, you have your uh, jumpers, and then you have your, uh, your turn backs which is, you know, the bulls who have really nice pattern. They do a bunch of ass overhead. But in the middle in the middle of you riding, they'll stop going – they'll stop spinning left and then immediately start spinning right. Mm. And it's just, you know, bulls that do that, that make it harder to ride and, you know, more tricks up their sleeve, like they'll throw in belly rolls and try to get you in the well. Those are the more bulls that's going to get you the higher scores. Right, so – and back to the other one, Bushwhacker's only been ridden twice out of 66 outs. Wow. Once at the Dang. beginning of his career and once by J.B. Mudd. Dang, one. That's crazy. Yeah. But J.B. Mooney wrote him after he got his legendary name and was continue having his legendary name. Mm, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Do you get? Do you have to – you pull You pull those names out like a, out of hat, right? You don't get to pick who you ride? So – it all uh, the way it all depends on the rodeo. The way it's normally ran, you'll have you know your first round, second round, and your short go, and all like that. Your short go is when you get to pick your bull, and you know your first round like that is normally when you get told, "Hey, this is the bull you're riding." You have to ride that bull in order to make it in the short go. Once you make it in the short go, they'll be like, "All right, we have this many bulls." And these are the bulls we have. Pick a number out of the hat, and you'll pull a chip, and it'll be like three. You're the third person to pick. Man. And they'll go down the list, and they'll be like, all right, I have this bull, this bull, and this bull, and this bull. Which one you want? I'm like, which one's going to get me the highest score? I want that one. There you go. That's what you got to do, man. Yes, sir. But, hey, man, you know, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing this, man. 
You know, it was good talking to you. It was good figuring out like a lot of the stuff about uh, bull riding and, and things like that. Because especially the one thing that I actually still thought they like tied it around the testicle of the bull. That blows my mind. I thought they were doing that this whole time. Right. No, that's just a big old myth that everyone has. Like after we get done and everything, I'll send you a picture of like what it actually looks like. Yeah. You know, it's just literally just a flank rope as big as as thick as your finger. And all it is is, you know, on one end is tape around it, and the other end is a ring, and you just slide it through the ring, and you do a little loose, t- little loose knot. Man, that's wild. But so, how many um, do how many times do you go in one rodeo? Uh like how many times do you ride? The, it all depends on the rodeo. Like um, this weekend, we're riding two days. We're riding uh, tomorrow and Sunday. And depending on if they have a short go or not, um, we might ride two bulls or we might ride one bull. Okay, so you only wa- you only ride once uh, a night, like once a day? Yeah, and, and bigger rodeos, you know, you'll ride two bulls and then you'll have a short go if you make it, then you'll ride three bulls a night. Mm. And it all depends on the rodeo. They're all different, you know. Most, most bull riders that ride pro and everything tend to ride about um, – you know, four rodeos a weekend. You no, know, I mean four rodeos a month, one rodeo a weekend, and everything. You'll probably ride around ten bulls to fifteen bulls a month. Okay. Just for your rodeo, not counting the practice bulls and everything you get on like that. Right, right. Hey, well, well, man, I wish you luck, dude. Like, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time, you know, get my name out there as well. Yeah, man, I hope you do well, and, you know, everyone's cheering you on, man. Like, everyone wants to see you win. And then, um, yeah, let me know how it goes, too. Yes, sir. I'll keep in touch with you. I'll let you know about the rodeos and whatnot. Yeah, man, because the podcast will be out uh, next Thursday. Okay, hell yeah. Can't wait to watch it, brother. (laughs) All right, man, I appreciate your time. All right, man, you too. All right, man, take it easy. All right. Bye-bye.